This is Unclaimed Bands, show 101. Hey music listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands. Tonight we are coming to you from the Legendary Dobbs, located at 304 South Street in Philadelphia, PA. The Legendary Dobbs is Philadelphia's home of live music and has played host to such notable acts as George Thurgood, Nirvana, Green Day, and many more. Dobbs has been showcasing the best local and national music since 1974. And tonight, our guest is Larry Sacklad. And Kim... De Mayo. De Mayo. There you go. Hey, I want to thank you guys for joining us. Uh, don't before Fritz we get into the interview. You. Oh, no, I didn't forget. I was hey. trying to forget. Yeah, we yeah, have Fritz, Fritz here Fritz is back with us. again. Yeah, I know. Fritz I know. is back. Like Welcome, a Fritz. Yeah. Hey. Uh, he's here for comedy relief and Sometimes. general annoyance. But at okay. least I can remember names. If you're feeling comfortable, he can make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> that's my middle name. <laughs> Fritz. Fritz. Or is it? No, never that's, mind. That's, that's very interesting because you got to know, I, I put up a Facebook cover picture. They have these things, and I love Fritz the Cat. That's and a, it, for for the longest time, see? I had the thing saying, like, feeling a bit Fritz the Cat like. There you go. See? And and here you go. There You're here. Really, like, it's, I'm right yeah. here. <laughs> give, That's me a more, really give me more ammunition. Quite coincidental. It's <laughs> not going to be no living with him now. Ah, <laughs> Fritz the Cat. You got to love Larry. it. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You got to love okay. it. I, I, as soon as this gig's over, it's going back up there. <laughs> that picture. There you yeah. go. Think of me. <laughs> I certainly will. Well, before we get <laughs> fully into uh, everything, why don't we play one of your songs so everybody can hear uh, some awesome. of your music? What are awesome. we going to hear? Uh, this is from the brand new releasing album called Spellbound, and it's a co write with Kim DeMeo called You Said My Name. All right, this is You Said My Name.
Them words, hey, huh? you know, let's uh, be, we're gonna mix things up here in order because we jumped in at. Uh, tell us about your writing process and and, and sure more importantly, will. how did you guys uh, get together to start working on stuff? All right, there's backstory and front story. Uh, the backstory is I knew Kim and we had worked on songs when I was uh, still like college age, 20 years old, and Five years we ago. lost touch <laughs> yeah. soon five, after. Five years Sounds ago. like eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, recently, okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'll say recently, and um, and uh, but it was a long time ago. Recently, long time ago, and then Facebook happened, and I had kind of broke up with my family. She had a family, and um, for whatever reasons, I was starting the music again. I was having a resurgence of wanting to get out. I have been in bands. History goes back to, you know, 30 years in the Philadelphia music scene with Alan Mann, uh, Robert Hazard, David Rowan. I played with them guys. Ezra Mohawk had mm-hmm. some history. Yeah. And um, then I kind of sort of stepped away around around early 2000, late 96, 97, where the fear that it was turning into a hobby and may never emerge... Because yeah. I've been writing songs all my life. It's from before 10 years old. I don't remember how far back. But played piano when I was six. Played Carnegie Hall with classical piano wow. at 10 years old. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about so, that. So wow. there was a lot of background. And, of course, I came to Philadelphia soon after 10. And so the first bands was like the Doors. We were, I was playing mini compact organ because the piano right. led to that. And I was learning guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these other bands gave me a whole different view. But I was a musician. I wasn't the songwriter in these bands. So... A wealth of songs, you know, were building up, and um, anyway, it, it, there's a lot of stories between right. then and now. But the, the the new story is about eight and a half, nine years. That's <laughs> more like seven. Oh, so. <laughs> you know, you know, guys always go past what there really I, is. We have I no don't time want to go limit. Too short, so I'd yeah, rather okay. go long. You know, there you, go. <laughs> you know, guys have no time limit. You know that. I right? know, I know. We're not that intelligent. Um, but 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 it was weird. I was looking at people who had gone to Temple University. I was looking, you know, to see who I might be able to find. Now that I noticed, I mean, I had like ten friends at the moment. Yeah, Facebook was pretty early. And on. and I didn't have a picture, mm-hmm. or maybe I did. And, and then I saw. In the Temple University yearbook or the, the class list, there was a couple of people who had just put, well, had were on Facebook, and I saw Kim DeMeo's name. 
She had another last name, but yeah, other but than so that, I was like, "This is hilarious." Because I'm sitting at the no dining picture. room table, and I had just um, gone on Mayo's Facebook. Mayo's pretty common name, too. Yeah. Right. My friend Audrey said, "Oh, you know, I posted the pictures at the Springsteen concert that we had gone to. Go on Facebook and look at them." And I said, "I don't have Facebook. I don't know what you're talking." About. <laughs> so she told me what to do. So I logged on. So I went to look at the pictures, and I'm on this site for about five minutes, and all of a sudden I hear ping, you know, and it's like, Kim DeMeo, where have you been? I love you. I hadn't talked to him in like I did, no, again, no no profile picture. We didn't know what she looked like. I'm right. like, oh, I could have really messed up. And then I just left it alone. But yeah. Kim was by a computer, I think, not even 15 minutes later, she, she got back to me and she yeah, messaged me. Yeah, we were and, talking and oh, then great. just been and, um, kind of talking ever since. Yeah, Sometimes I, Facebook does work out. It yes, does. it does. <laughs> and and the, the crazy thing is we, we picked up right away writing songs and she appreciated what I've been playing and, and we, we put together songs on the Sacklet album and she sings a couple with me on the live show and we've, we're, we're, we're still writing almost... 30 to 40% of the songs I've been working because I, I got a lot more music than words. Mm -hmm. And so it's good to have Kim to help me out. And we've co-written stuff and I've just, you know, I things no fit together. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I can't music explain words. how it works. It. There's no real formula to how so it works. It's, it's almost like a Lennon McCartney common, combination without you mm. playing music, basically. Right. I mean, yeah. and, it, and it's every new song is re-inspiring so like just when I'm thinking oh man it's getting kind of long I'm not, like repeating it everything feels like reruns anymore yeah. you know what I'm saying right. like is there going to be people at this show is there going to be anyone listening to the song you know and I'm releasing these songs and there's some co-writes and all but yeah it's been a good thing it's been a really good thing because I think I would have lost yeah. steam and Kim helped to keep me inspired well, that's great yeah, that's great fun at this you, age. You, you, yeah you need that I mean yeah, you know, not I, mean, any I, younger, I, I certainly know. understand that I don't I didn't do this by myself I, yeah you know, suddenly, you know, you get some people to help you, then you get Fritz, and, you know, you live with it. We need the humor. But, uh, need the humor. It moves it along. It moves it along. Let me tell you something. I've been keeping you laughing ever since you made yes, me calm me into this crap. Yes, you have. Just want to tell you almost that. here. <laughs> Sobbing at night in my pillow. Yes, every night. Make sure you understand who who you know, does that. You, you mentioned <laughs> that uh, you started playing piano, obviously, when, uh, when I read you were, you were six years old. Six years old. You know, and you, were, you started playing, I guess, with bands when you were around 13. Is, 13. is that what I read right? 13. I got my first mini compact organ. And, and, and like you said, Jewish bar mitzvah. Yes. I got three hundred dollars total, and I was going to spend it on a keyboard. That's <laughs> <laughs> Screw the bonds. I had I'm a, going for the cash. I had, I had nothing else. I, that was it. But I did have my mini compact, and uh, the guy included an accordion amp. So ah, <laughs> I learned light my fire, yeah, and then I you learned you know, some, some deep purple, and there we go. We were on our way. So, so how from 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 six playing piano. Tell us how you got to Carnegie Hall, played there. Carnegie Hall was an interesting story. Uh, a little young for me to understand what's happening, but each year I lived in Danbury, Connecticut, and the music teacher was really, well, besides being one of the oldest people I had ever really met and probably very skinny, he reminded me of a skeleton, but he, he was really gifted with kids. And um, my, my, myself and my brother, I started at six, he, he was seven, and we started taking piano, and there were auditions each year in New York City. So Danbury's only 45 minute drive to New mm -hmm. York City, maybe without traffic. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know exactly. But each year for about all those years from maybe the second year on, we, we did these auditions and moved up in recitals and you would like get to play different things if you won in your, it turned out 
the three of us, I had a younger brother. When I was nine years old, we played a song that my, my older brother had actually written for the three of us on one piano. So the three little kids are sitting playing on one piano. And that was in a recital hall in Carnegie Hall, um, which was interesting. But that wasn't part of – I had actually won in my age group that year when I was okay. nine. And then when I was ten, based on what I think is just you know being young and short, you know, <laughs> I, I won and got to play this. And I think I pissed my pants. <laughs> um, on the, on the, actually, I had to stop and start. I don't remember very well because I was like not as well practiced as when I, you know, played the thing for the judges. But, but yeah, it's like wow, we did it, and it's like I can you say you beat that. on Carnegie Hall stage. And I've never been back <laughs> since. That's right. I left my well, mark. You know, yeah, yeah. ten, like done at eleven. You yeah. know. <laughs> but I left my mark on the stool for other people. Yeah, really. Yeah. Well, wait, here I stool. am. How many well, years actually, later? Actually, on the bench. I'm sorry, the okay. bench, not the stool. <laughs> But yeah, wow. So that it kind of kept again all these things because you need a lot of willpower to keep you know plugging away as a musician, any artist really. But I mean, it's not the way it was in the seventies. You know, yeah, when I was yeah. you know doing those bands, and then the eighties and nineties, well, early nineties, but eighties. Um, it's hard, you know. It's hard. You're not young. You don't have your base of people that you're in school with or college. You know, it's mm -hmm. like you're so removed from that when you're post thirty five. I think around well, forty. Were you about, were you about twenty-five? <laughs> I'm post forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> Who with in the room? With, here? with oh, a, well, it's just a capital two, P, two but uh, uh, hey, leave my age alone. By the way, I'm leaving everything. We're all young you. at heart. <laughs> you go. Young at heart. You know, I, uh, listening to your your songs, I, I really enjoyed uh, listening to music. Everything's uh, very very different and Good. got a great feel to it. Okay, uh, I was curious. How do you classify, or how would you classify your 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 music? How would you style? I've gone through a couple labels. When I first started um, putting it back together, I was hearing it as an acoustic sound, mm -hmm. more of a folk uh, kind of a. I called it funky folk at that time, and I, I still have the Guild twelve string, and and that lent itself really well to the open mics in in the day. But little by little, I was limited because I really am a rock guy, kind of deep inside. Yeah. And um, electric guitar, you know, gets me going. I want to hear some crunchy guitars and solos. So I also play guitar in that. And um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> how, would you, how would you classify yeah, your style? Oh, yeah, yeah. It started as fun <laughs> funky folk. Funky and then, folk. And then... Someone said, salt my coffee bit. from the last album, the, the kind of the single that broke through. We got some honorable mention on STW mm -hmm. for their, um, they have like an awards thing. So we were like one of five for Americana of all things, which I didn't think of myself as Americana. But the point being, um, that song was, it, it had, it's very rhythmic. And people were saying like I had like a bounce to my music as of the reviews from the last album. And, and I thought about that, you know, and, and I really do need something that, that had, it used to be hard rock, but it's not so much the hard as the the rhythm has to be rhythmic. It has to be funky. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, there's a funky part of it, the good part of the funky part, you know. And <laughs> and I'm playing in a reggae band now, so I, I, I totally am like loving that. You know, the, the rhythms are really important to people. I mean, whether it's danceable or just inspires you to move or whatever mm -hmm. that is, you know. And and then of course words are important. So I never got off that idea that words are really important, you know. Um, as opposed to, say, EDM. Mm -hmm. But what's happened is I'm trying to meld some of what I've been learning recording, the new sounds and the new way of doing it, the, the way that, that's being used, and, sh and trying to update what kind of became stale as rock and roll. 
you know, as we know, it's like everything's a cover band. Yeah. You can't, you can't yeah. even call yourself rock. You know, uh, I mean, very hard to find a real great band. These an original days. rock that's band original. is having You're trouble. Right. I agree with you. And, and so, I, I consider myself alternative because I'm trying to meld something alternative and yeah. or yeah, alternative kind of rock. They were together. calling you Brit- British Invasion. So, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> hey, the don't knock, song, song, <laughs> hey, don't knock that. WMGK, yeah. wouldn't you know it? They give me the British Invasion. Hey, lock, but don't lock. knock them words. That just started the <laughs> whole, exactly. whole rock and roll yeah. theory, man, yeah. back in the yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. Don't you I know? know? People come over you never heard before from Cream to Kinks to The Who and all that. All that stuff. On a little transistor radio underneath yep. my pillow at night. There you go. Yep. That's how I did it. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. You know? Wow! <laughs> and yeah, that's that's. The, I mean, I hate to say it, but I rarely listen to the radio as much as I. I mean, that was a constant. I I couldn't wait to get home and find out. Yeah. You know, who's well, playing on what? You know, I think I think I think in music today, especially when it comes to terrestrial radio, we'll say okay. And yeah. I think some people would also classify some satellite stations this way too. It's that it's it's so driven by the programming, what will sell, what can we market? It sure is. You know, I mean, I dare anybody to listen to any radio station for more than two hours and. Just wait for the repeats. You can write the song list down, exactly. and you know when yeah. it's going to play. Yeah. And, it, and it's kind of a shame. And do you, know? you go for the collection on a, on an album, or do you do or, uh, or a single, or what do you do? Because well, yeah. you don't lay on your sofa with headphones anymore, listening to the whole album, get well, the whole picture. Well, we're not. Somebody is. Right. So, well, yeah. There are, there are, it goes back to vinyl. Listen, when you were kids, you did vinyl. You went to the record store. You. Put it on. You put your headsets on because your mother and father said, "Shut that crap <laughs> yeah, off." Yeah, yeah. And you basically cranked it in your headphones, mm-hmm. and you listened to the Who. You listened to Zeppelin. Or, or on a mono Smith. speaker, the way right. I had mine. <laughs> exactly. Play on the turntable but so it, I could use a magnetic even cartridge. Even that, you have to realize that he, the record companies were much more forgiving if you didn't sell a certain <laughs> yeah. amount. They could yeah. give you another record, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and yeah. they would do that as opposed to now, where you know it's kind of like you have to go double platinum just to even make money. To... Yeah, you know. But it's, I, it's, I hold on mess. to the faith that if 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 it's really great, the cream will rise. Yes, I agree. So yes, that, that's yeah. where I'm at. Yep. You know, yes. I, I can't worry about all that business side. You know, I'm trying. I'm not very good at it, but it's like okay. You know, you get as much attention out as you can, and. Mm-hmm. And really, it comes back to how strong is this stuff, and someone's going to hear it if it's really strong. Yep, yep, yep. That's that's, that's it's what so you got to have faith in what you're doing. Way without all the good old boy antics, you know. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't hear Reverend Hazard or Hooters or Tommy Conwell. I mean, they they were the, the Hooters. Eight. Actually, you hear them. Well, not <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's nothing new. Right. You still but hear them. Yeah. But you're right. But you nothing don't now. hear. You don't get. It's regaled the classic rock radio. Exactly. Thank you. Okay. It, it has. It has. And 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 the problem is. You know, I was, I was just talking to Kim about this, like Mick Jagger, okay, so think about all the new albums he's brought out. Maybe one song from one or two of those albums in the last, every tour is a new album, yep. but it's like no one's digesting all the new stuff. They only want to hear Brown Sugar yep. and, you know, God, Wild Horses. Oh. Somebody for the and, Devil and all that. And I love those songs, don't, yeah. you know, I'm not knocking it, but, you know, I remember the last Stone show, and I sure don't want to see a cover band play it. Since we're talking about all this, um, you know, and you know, we're on this topic anyway, what do you feel, I mean, what have you seen, what's the biggest difference you've seen from the time that you started to what, what's now in, in just in the local music? See, I don't mean just in Philadelphia, but I mean just in general. It's, it's funny, the biggest you're asking what's different, but it's funny, I'd like to answer what's the same. Okay. And and that's what I found was really remarkable because I you know I did the open mics back in the uh, '80s and you know had landed some good bands but so so I kind of jumped into the original music and and I kind of never went back to the cover bands that I 
grew up on learning because I was trying to develop my own style, my own signature, and, and I knew, you know, that I studied like Lenin's, you know, how he wrote and all this stuff. But um, what, was, what was I trying to say? Um, oh, how it's the same is that underneath all the layers of production and angry music or hip-hop, underneath it all, there's a common thread, and it hadn't changed at all was what I found. I went back into the open mics at 2004, 2005, started getting my stuff together for the album 2006, um, Yet to Be, which I'd rather not share with anyone, okay. but the songs were good, <laughs> and just not <laughs> recorded right. Uh, and uh, uh, But it was good because, you know, I had this serious backlog of songs I was kind of trying to state, you know, and, and yeah. once I got past some of that backlog, I could start writing the new stuff. And the truth is I'm finally caught up and I'm an album ahead with the new stuff. <laughs> like what this is released, I, we have like seven great new songs. I can't even touch for another six to eight months, depending on what happens with this album. But uh, great now, stuff. Now, do know. you plan on releasing them the way that you released the other ones, like on Tuesdays, or are you going to release a whole? Well, that, that that's what uh, yeah, that's what we did. We tried it to Tuesdays uh, start in February and into March, and we have seven of the ten songs. So it's not completely up there. It's still being called singles, but it mm -hmm. will be called Spellbounds as of. As soon as we get the you know the the, the the signature song spellbound ready, gotcha. Which uh, we're waiting to work with Doug Grigsby on, and he's a great bass ah. player, produce, producer, and great friend of mine, longtime friend. So, so we got that to look forward to. That's yeah, good. That's and that's good. when and the and real and album new will come songs out. too. Hey, you're pretty busy. That's good. That's good. I like that. Um, what's the first record either one of you ever bought? <laughs> Kim. Um. I, well, it was probably, and I know this sounds really crazy. You don't judge but, here. You do yeah. not judge here. Um, I went to see Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, the whole class went. And uh, so I, I wound up buying the album of the movie. Oh, okay. And I memorized, like, all the words I memorized. Romeo's part, I remember Juliet's part, I memorized Friar's oh part. Nice. Theater's yeah. in her blood. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Mine, too. I actually took theater. Uh, who knows? Um, but, um, yeah, that was it. That's okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Bard is a yeah, wonderful the music source. was pretty uh, Sean's first Baroque. album was My Little Pony. No, 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 no. It was the, it was the <laughs> Strawberry Shortcake. Oh, okay. I, I go back slightly, slightly earlier than you, and I can remember... My, you know, you say out. It was your first record. Because singles yeah. were big, you know, 45. So I think it was a 10 pack of singles from Woolworth for a, like a buck, 99 cent package. <laughs> and you had some really great songs, including The Mamas and the Papas was in that package. And, and um, some Motown was in there. Like, yeah. For, for you young people they, out there, 45s, they, go good to Wikipedia package? and look up 45s. <laughs> okay. But my first album. Yeah, was in the God of Davida. In the God. Oh yeah. wow, man! Great so, album. Nice. Great, yeah. great album. For, for you kids out there, look the up. I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm I in the same boat. You know. Yeah, Iron Butterfly, first metal band. They go. didn't even know they were. We we kind of had a, we kind of had a fallback <laughs> question like that we just threw in there sometimes. For, yeah, just for fun, and it was like you know, okay, who you know, personal choice, ACDC, Bon Scott, or Brian Johnson, and we stopped that question when when one of the people was like. Uh, all right, whoever the old dude was, 
I'm like, yeah, we're dumping that question. Yeah, yeah don't you know? ask me that question. Yeah. No, I, I, well, I mean, you can answer it, but you know. But yeah, we're not we're not asking you that question, though. Because um, I would have to go backwards to like a guy like Zappa and say ACDC is just imitating what Zappa did a long time before yeah. that. And then people, who's Zappa? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, look that up. Frank Zappa for president. <laughs> Again, yeah. look that up. There, those are those, and I took that question because basically I just don't want to feel old anymore when I'm when mm -hmm. I'm interviewing these kids. Oh man. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I try to say I'm not old. I'm just very nostalgic. That's what I tell them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm old. I know. I know. <laughs> you know, I just want to little, little aside to that. Tom Minari runs a great open mic over at McGillan's on Thursday nights, and we were over there last night. And uh, I got to tell you, he gets all the college kids in there. Guys oh, like cool. our age, you know, yeah. but he, he's got a rapport. That's he's, what it he's, is. And, yeah. and I, you know, God bless him. I'm going to do the featured in July. And, oh, you know, are you? Oh, it's one of the really well attended mics, but they're all playing cover songs. So, except for, except for you, <laughs> hey, you won't hey, be. You get, you see, you get some original guys, so I'm going to do my that's, feature with that's... originals. But yeah, a lot of covers in the open mics these days. That's a change. There was more original songs when I started. Yeah, I, th I think it's just easier. 05, it's, it's easier to compete. I mean, I know, mm -hmm. I know bands that that you know they'll they'll do full covers, like they'll do they'll do a whole set worth of covers. They'll do three sets. And they'll mix their originals in, and they won't get paid as well as someone who do all covers. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. That's true. I think true. it's so wrong. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, wrong. I mean, you're drawing the same number, you know, why not pay? Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, and especially in a bar situation, you know, it's it's hard for them to want to hear lyrics and, you know, where you maybe you should be in a coffee house where they're actually well, listening well, and want to hear that's them, true, you know too. what I mean? That's true. You but know, so they want to hear the... they were all singing along, so they, they knew the lyrics. <laughs> they were singing along to them. You know, not the best sound in there. It's not like here. You know. Yeah, but hey, at least they're saying not, not at Dobbs. No, totally they, they use speakers from yes, the ceiling. Yes. It's really rough. But this is why you come to Dobbs. To play. I'm bringing my own PA when I play. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. Why don't we uh, take a break, listen to another song? Cool. Uh, what are we going to hear? Let's let Kim talk about the story on Up on the Bluffs. Okay. Ooh, um, good. Yeah. I was, was going to ask about Winfield. Yeah. Um, yeah, Winfield. We like Winfield. Um, I was a travel agent for, I'm still am, for over 30 some years. And luckily, as part of being a travel agent, we get to travel a little bit. And this particular uh, place was opening in Bermuda up on this beautiful bluff. Mm -hmm. And I was called Tucker's Point. And we've met this wonderful doorman who was just, he was just very elegant and dapper and articulate and friendly and warm and just fell in love with him and listened to his story and he had been there since he was just a little guy carrying bags and whatever worked his way up so now he's you know established he's he's almost like the president of the hotel but he's still an employee but he very felt really good after like yeah. we were waiting for a bus and he was outside and he, he gave sort us a little, little, little bottle of uh, Bermuda sand which yeah. is like all pink, pink and, yeah oh. so, so it, he just inspired us you know and, yeah and so on the plane Coming home, yeah. I just told Winfield's story a little bit. Oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah. That's great. That's very so, cool. Now, Winfield, we have to go back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give yeah, him now a we copy. have to go back. <laughs> Give him yeah, a copy. Yeah. yeah. He's still, he's yeah. still there. That would be a good excuse oh, to go yeah, back. He, yeah, he's good. I, that would make him ecstatic, I'm yeah. sure. I, I mean, I love yeah. the lyrics and, and the music as well, too. And, so and, and, can I, yeah, can I just add that there was a special thing about the music on this also, which I did, um, where... It sounds like hand percussion on the on the track, and, and if you listen really closely, it's not. It's it's some of the newer newer sounds that I've been working with, and 
I'm doing it all with synthesis. <laughs> so really, it's it's a oh, sequence sweet. of stuff that, uh, that, and and you might hear it or you might think, oh, that's just hand percussion. But it was to you know some of the stuff that I've been you know sort of tweaking to get it to sound much more current and not so classic rockish. <laughs> okay, all right, cool. Well, let's uh, let's take a listen to uh, uh, up on the bluff. Up on the bluff, Winfield stands waiting Greeting weary travelers as they arrive Up on the bluff, Winfield's handshake is ready Welcoming patrons of the cobblestone drive This gentleman's journey began in life early They carry their bags for a dime It's my warms the tough ones and melts all the gruff ones The offers to capture their snapshot in time Up on the bluff, Winfield stands waiting Stands with it. 
That was up on the bluffs. That's ah. Unbelievable. That's, I, that is a very, I, I don't want to say a pretty song, but it is, but it's not. You know, for me, I just really enjoyed listening oh, to it. I'm so glad. Um, and you're, you know, you were right about, about like something like, you know, being able to hear the lyrics and stuff. And I really think that that was very important for that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, all, all songs in general, but uh, yeah, it really, really, really got into that. Made, made, me, made me feel like I was there. Just let That's close good. my eyes and let it listen uh-huh. listen over me. Um, what what do you guys think um, as far as the songs that you've? I, I want to ask this about the songs you've written together because I know you've written stuff beforehand. But mm-hmm. we're not talking about that. We're talking yeah. about this stuff together. But for either one of you, is there any 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 one song for you that just sticks out? And just has some special meaning for you? I know we just talked about that one, but there's a number of them, huh? From our first albums. All right, how do we pick one? Well, you can each pick one separately. Okay. Go ahead, Ken. <laughs> Ladies first. Alrighty. <laughs> um, well, I think I'm going to have to go with the most recent. And, um, you know, it's everybody has experienced loss in their life and how you handle it. And, and this song just kind of, I think everybody can relate to it, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know. But uh, it was important for me to put it on paper um, just so that I could get it out of me in a certain way, you know what I mean? And yeah. then move forward a little bit. And um, I just think, what's it called? Yeah. <laughs> he names them, so I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, it, it, it's called Only, only Always. Only Always, yeah. Only always. That, was that was the original That was about the only name. thing that I added to the, yeah, the, to the lyrics. Always, but, yeah, the Always, For the most part. But the, the thing that was really cool about this song was that I had come up with some music and I have this huge poster of John Lennon, like above where I do the studio, and 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 you know, it. I was playing this really depressing guitar line. <laughs> it was like a guitar, a series of guitar chords, and I suddenly like I could just picture like this is like one of those like special songs where the guy comes out after the big bands playing, and he comes out with the one guitar, and the spotlight comes down on the stage, and I was playing this, and I'm like. I don't know what words I'm talking to Kim later that night. Now she had written her words a year before. Oh, okay. Wow. And so I I couldn't really find the place for those words. And God, if it didn't work amazingly, well, it was just perfect. I'm like, here, try these. <laughs> and it was just like, <laughs> and, 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 okay, yes. let's so, right. back pocket. Hold up for a second. Yeah. Try these, please. Uh, yeah, right. And, so, and I agree with Kim. It, it, it right now, it's out. so on the front burner and. There's a lot, there's, like, there's a number of new songs. I'm, I'm remixing songs every day, trying to make them stronger, thinking about what would be great spice here and there and uh-huh. that type of stuff. And um, this song, you know it's a good song if you don't even have to memorize the words. They're just there. <laughs> they weren't even my words, and I, like, knew them, like, a day later. Yeah, that, that, you're right. That and, does and, speak to And it. I recorded on the Zoom recorder, and, and yeah. it's... It's and, the next, yeah. you know, it's and my his, place. Yeah, tonight. his parents are getting older, and you know, even even if you haven't experienced the loss, but you worry about that day yeah. and whatever. Yeah. So I think it just, you know, would touch anybody. But yeah, it's yeah. going to be a question whether I can even play that song because it's too depressing for certain situations, and yet so appropriate in other situations. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was a, a coffee house situation. Well, that's what I said. Just go to a coffee like, house and yeah. fit right in. Yeah. You're all yeah. depressed there. You're all depressed. Don't worry about it. Or country music. <laughs> right. but, right. you know, because it has just put a twang to it, and you're right on in. <laughs> yeah. Just to get a cowboy hat and boots, you're right there, boy. And, and, and we have that song. Listen to the last album, Sacklad. It's called I've Been Told. It's my son's favorite song. I mean, 
Go figure. You know, <laughs> he's like 24, like listens to all kinds of things. Country, but and he country. just loves that one. And I'm, I'm like more shocked than anything. I'm like, really, that one? <laughs> Okay, cool. But it, yeah, it's got you that never real, know what people you know. are going to think. Yeah, so what a, about you, Larry? What uh, what song is there something you can think of that just really just has some special meaning for you? It, it has changed. It changes over the years. It mm-hmm. does. Um, a favorite song up until writing this song. Now, this is only two weeks ago okay. or three weeks ago that this song was written that we're talking about. So up until that, it's the song that the, the, the album is called Spellbound. And Kim wrote... The, I, I asked her to write something which was more spoken than sung in sections of the song, and I already had the other half. So she filled in with these fast-paced lines that I'm more you know, speaking than singing. And, and the song's called Spellbound. The album's called Spellbound. It's kind of, you know, it's got okay. that special energy that opens the next door. Gotcha. <laughs> it's, it's the link from the past to the future for me song-wise. And all the new stuff kind of follows in the wake of Spellbound. Cool. cool. Both production-wise, nice. energy-wise, yeah. and rhythm-wise. You know, um, looking back over your career, okay, and both of you too, because I know it's been a couple years now, uh, what, what's your fondest memory in far as music goes? Well, I think December was pretty cool. That was fun. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the Alan Mann show yeah, downstairs. Being part of Alan Mann, I'd done a, a version of his Christmas on the block, and um, it got a lot of XPN support uh, over the last couple of years. Ken Queters playing blues harp uh-huh. for the, the lead line off that song. And so we did a show December 22nd, which was a full house packed house downstairs. And uh, it was just really cathartic in the way that Alan Mann died in 1987. The song Christmas on the Block came out in 83. Um, and um, he had another chart-topping song nationally called Fear of Heights in, like, 86, mm-hmm. so right before he, he passed away. And I had met him on the street those days, too, and, and got to talk with him. We were talking about me rejoining the band. I hadn't been playing with him for about five years at that point. And um, what were we talking about? <laughs> one, of our favorite, one of our I need, favorite. I, I need more weed. <laughs> one of our I, I have no short-term shows. memory. <laughs> Or long term. Yeah, I was just saying that was one of my favorite memories of like performing. I mean, professionally, yeah. right? We're talking. Yeah, it was fun. We had, we had about Better twenty-five ones. people up on stage all singing the song together. Yeah, oh, it was cool. very cool. For the yeah, Al Man's sister was up there. It was just like yeah, just one so, of those nights. So it, like, that was kind of full circle. We got to play another song by Alan that I, you know, we used to start the set off all the time in the seventh, late seventies when I was playing with him. So that was really cathartic. But that's not my favorite moment because you know it is and it isn't. I mean, yeah. I remember playing with Alan Mann, so that was really my favorite time. And I can remember the Hot Club and the Bijou Cafe oh. and all these oh. places, and we played some The Bitter End, I mean, full sold-out shows, and things were great. It, wow. It'll never be like that, I don't think. I, I, I've yeah. never... It, it, the, the whole never. scene changed for yeah, me. Yeah, I've never seen yeah, it's that. Hard, but, it is but, hard to I go I mean, back. you know, yeah. Nirvana made it at Dobbs, and yep. you know, that, that yeah. goes to the yeah. days I was hanging down there. Yep. Here, 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 yeah. down here. <laughs> Downstairs. We're, we're Downstairs, here, guys. Not we're in the green there. room. None of them were at the green room. Oh, we were up here, but it wasn't like this. <laughs> we had two dressing rooms, the second floor and the third floor. <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm going to wrap things up here with just asking, cool. what is uh, what, do, what do you guys got planned for the rest of the year? What's what's new? Anything else going gonna on? We'll be pushing these songs really hard, seeing where we can play, and uh, hopefully get this whole thing full circle so that we can move on to where we're headed which is the newest stuff that i'm recording at home now 
So I'm real excited about this year. Possibly a second album could come out before the year's out. Oh, nice. Nice. It's nice. going to be doing reggae down the shore a lot. And yeah, yeah, on the yeah. Weekend, so Sacred Vibration. Look for the band Sacred Vibration. Sacred Anthony Vibration. Curry yeah. and, again, my favorite bass player, Doug Grigsby. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun stuff. Got, got me in that. So. Well, I, I want to thank you uh, both for taking oh, time you. to join us. I really appreciate it. Uh, everybody, our guests have been Larry Sacklid and Kim DeMeo. Thank you so much. I'm Sean. That's uh, I'm Fritz. Fritz. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Fritz until next time, everybody. Uh, make sure you tune in for more music, more great interviews with great performers like this. Thank okay. you so much. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of unclaimed bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.